Good evening, Sportsonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aglialoro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. Recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. We got a good show for you tonight. No Dave Hastings, unfortunately, but we will be joined by Eric Tressler in a matter of moments here. And of course, we will be redistributed on all our various podcasting outlets uh, within the next few hours. So thank you for listening, whether you're joining us with Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, however you listen to us, we definitely thank you for being with us tonight. We got a good show for you tonight. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, we primarily will probably be focusing on baseball. Obviously, last week we talked about the Wilpons failed sale of the Mets to Steve Cohen. Uh, and you still have everything in terms of the fallout from the sign stealing scandal going on. When will the Red Sox receive their punishment? But of course, the rumor that came out yesterday is that Major League Baseball is thinking about expanding the playoffs. Seven teams per league make the playoffs. You have the three division winners, and you have four wild card teams. The top-seeded division winner would get a first-round bye, and then the second and third division winners would have their pick of the wild card teams as to who they would play in the first round. I'm not going to lie, I, I'm not really a fan of this. Uh, I want to wait until Eric gets here so we can talk about it. And Eric is here, so we will get his thoughts. Eric Tressler is here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Eric, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? All right. So I was saving something for you to come on. I was saving something. And we could obviously go... it's not more Mets talk. It's not. <laughs> I got to tell you, though. Um... We've done some funny shit on this show before, you in particular with your Game of Thrones rants. Like, I was listening to it the other week when you were talking about um, in the final episode when Jon Snow petted the dog uh, Ghost, and you were talking about they they had to get everybody to reshoot the scene. You'll get everybody back in here so you can pet this dog before everybody loses their shit. One of the funniest lines you've ever said on this show. The five minutes after you came on last week, I'm telling you right now, I've listened to that about ten times. Over the course of last week, I was playing it for other people. And I got to tell you, I I really hope you found that everybody as funny as I did. Because I think that that was, I don't know if it was as good as the other stuff, but I definitely think it was up there. Oh, yeah, I always find our stuff good. Yeah. I find it funny. I enjoy it. It's an enjoyable thing. Yep. It was it was fantastic. I had a good time with that one. But I, I do want to start off with baseball. Not the Mets though. We can we can let that die for a little bit, even though to put a button on last week's thing, the Wilpons are such a joke. They got two point six billion out of Steve Cohen, the offer. And the caveat was they were going to remain as control person for five years. So they're putting the team on the market and hoping to get a billion dollars more with the caveat that they will completely walk away and have nothing to do. Only the Wilpons will be able to get a billion dollars extra for the simple task of them having nothing to do with the franchise. That's ridiculous. 
Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think someone's going to come in and overpay for him. I just, I don't know. You know, a sale to Cohen's dad, I just don't see somebody coming in and paying 3.5 or more for him. I mean, they may, somebody may come in and match Cohen's offer or something like that and just take control now, but I don't see the price skyrocketing. I, well, maybe not a billion, but for they can, I think it's reasonable they could get a few hundred million dollars more out of that. Because everything I heard was that that was considered a low-ball offer for the franchise where they offered to sell it to Cohen cheaper than the team was valued at so that they, they could stay in power. And if that's true, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that something like that could happen. But anyway, let's stick with baseball here because I'm sure you heard the report that came out yesterday that Major League Baseball is considering expanding the playoffs to seven teams in each league. The top-seeded division winner in each league gets a bye week, four wild-card teams. The second and third division winners, the, the teams with the second and third best records in the league, would be able to choose their opponents for the first round of the playoffs in a, what is being described as a selection Sunday type show in prime time. And I think this is a terrible idea and I'll, I'll get your thoughts on it. I'm against the idea of expanding the playoffs in any sport because Eric, you and me were brought up on a philosophy in sports that when you make the playoffs, Anything can happen. And the reason why anything can happen in these playoffs is because in short series, when you have the cream of the crop in your sport, anything can happen. Anyone can ride a hot streak. Anyone can ride a wave. And things can happen. The more you expand the pool, the more you are diluting that possibility. Because the worst thing about the NBA playoffs is that the first two rounds are, are very frequently very predictable. And that's the worst thing the playoffs can be is predictable. So I hate the idea of expanding the playoffs. And I think the fact that you're letting the division winners pick their opponents for the first round, that is outright laughable. Because all they're going to do is pick the teams that they would be mandated to play if they didn't do that anyway. Because in what right mind is the, the, the let's say the Braves, let's say, let's say it's the American League. Let's say the Yankees get the top seed, they get the bye. For argument's sake, let's say it's the Twins. They're the second division winner. And your number one wild card team, the wild card team with the best record, is the, the Rays. Well, on what planet are the Astros going to choose their, the Rays as their opponent? It's not going to happen. So I hate, I, I'm not a fan of this. What do you think, though? Eric? Oh, damn. Eric, are you there? Um, now that you unmuted me, I am. I am sorry. I thought I muted Cousin David. I didn't mean to mute you. I, I, I am sorry about that. I hit the wrong button. I apologize. It's, a, it's all right. It's all right. Um, yeah, so with the uh, playoff expansion, um, I don't think it's a bad idea as a whole to expand because, listen, the more teams you get in, the more 
you know, the games are going to matter for teams later into the season. And, you know, you never know what can happen when your team gets in. I think the seven and giving a team a week off is is a, a lot. I think if anything, it should go to six. And then everybody plays no off week. I think the off week is, is kind of a, a, you a good still have an, thing. You still have an off week at some point, though, because if you have six teams – yeah, at some point you have an even uneven amount of teams advancing. Yeah, so I mean, if you're going to go seven and you got to go eight, I mean, I, I don't, I don't like I, the one week by week. I'm just not a fan of that. They might, that's just me. But I, I, who knows? Maybe that's what they want to do. Um, I, I don't mind the idea to try something different. I think it's better than pushing the mound back to heard them try to do. Again, I think this is all big distraction. They had to get something out in the news other than the cheating scandal. So they, they're they're sure. pushing this up faster than they probably wanted to. But uh, I do think it's ideas that, that aren't bad. Um, I, I like the shorter series idea of the, the best two out of three in the first round. I were, uh, or is it best two out of three or three out of five? I forget. What no, 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 no. The uh, the wild card, the first round would be. You're right on that. It'd be two out of three. Two out of I'm three. F- now, I, if it was me, I would do two out of three in the fr- in the wild card round. I would do three out of five in the divisional round, and then I would do seven from there on out. That's which I, I agree with. Round. I agree with that. Um, I don't think they should jump straight from a three-game series to a seven-game series. I think that's awkward and weird. Um. I, I actually didn't so, hear how this. I actually didn't hear how the second round would work on that. So I don't. I don't know if they would. If they would change that to the seven games, I would hope they wouldn't. Listen, I don't like the idea of expanding the playoffs, whether it's baseball or football, because I don't want these sports to become like the NBA playoffs. I don't. And I, I hear what you're saying. But they're that, already there, though. The NFL already has. I mean, how many teams make it? They have 12 teams. They're not there yet. They're not there yet. The NBA has over they, – they have 16 teams. They have over 50% of their league in the playoffs. And when you hear the NFL talk about expansion of the playoffs, that's what they get to, and it's a horrible idea. You never want the amount of playoff teams to be greater than half of what your league is because you make yeah, – look at the first round of the NBA playoffs the last five years. It's predictable. You don't want the playoffs to be predictable. You want to keep the incitement in the playoffs. You want every game in those playoffs to matter. The more teams you put in the playoffs – the less those games matter, because I'm so I'm so have less than half the league. Even if they go to fourteen, there's still less than half the league. And I wanted to stay at ten. I wanted to stay at ten. Keep it there for years. Remember this. I know you know this. For years, two teams made the playoffs. They had the, they went straight to the league championship series. Then in the '90s, they went to three divisions. They brought in the fourth team as the wild card. Now you got four teams. Great. Fine. Then they expanded it to make the fifth team, and you have the wild card playing game. Fine. That's great. You don't need any more than that. You don't. And, dude, remember, as a Mets fan, this is something I should be in favor of because if you look at the way things went last year, the Mets would probably make the playoffs in that scenario. And I don't want this. That's not how I want the Mets to make the playoffs. I want the Mets to actually earn it and be considered the cream of the crop. I don't want them to get in because a misguided attempt 
to try to make baseball more mainstream. And the idea that you're doing this to get the, the youth of America to go back to baseball. You want the youth of America to go back to baseball? Stop making the playoff game start at 8.30 and last five hours. Stop doing that. Make the game start at 5, 6 o'clock if you want them to last five hours. Maybe then their parents won't make them go to sleep. Yeah, but part of the reason the games last five hours, you have to realize, is because of the amount of advertising they have to squeeze in. I understand that, but I'm saying you're starting the games so at 8.30 get... when you know they're going to last that long. That's Who's watching? to do with it. They, gotta, they do have to freshen the sport up. It is a little stale. I'm okay with trying something new. I'm usually not that kind of guy, but I don't think this is that drastic an idea. Um adding two more playoff wildcard teams, I don't think is going to dramatically change the outcome of the playoffs either. Um, you know, that's kind of why you play 162. I know some teams get hot there at the end and that can happen and a hot team can, can of course win it all. But for the most part, the teams that actually are the best over the course of the 162 are going to be the teams that end up fighting it out in the end. And, uh, I just don't don't have that big a problem with this if they if that's what they decide to do. I would have a bigger problem, like I said, with other rule changes. Mound, uh, like I've heard them, like I said, but where they're debating on moving the mound back two feet, and they're you know the other stupid things. I, I'm out on those ideas, but this idea I I don't hate all that much. I just think it's a big distraction so that we're talking about something else other than the Red Sox and the Astros. Which I agree with, and I, I really wish they would just come out with the Red Sox punishment, whatever it's going to be. I don't. Which, understand. by the way, did you see how Alex Cora walked back his comments on the Yankees, and the Yankees are not implicated in anything. There are no, there are no investigations. There, there was no cheating scandal with the Yankees. Cora since walked back his statements on that. I, I, I did hear about that, but I want. I want to bring something up here, and it's not necessarily about the Yankees being implicated in any sign-stealing scenarios, even though read Chris Young's interview from last week that Peter Gammons did before that also got walked back. Um, Rob Manfred has lost just about all credibility in my eyes. When you look at the things he comes out and says, and then the things that happen afterwards, it is really hard to believe anything that man says. He says baseball did nothing to mess with the baseballs to make them juice. Meanwhile, over 120 players hit over 20 home runs last year, which is insane. Then he comes out and he says the Astros, we, we investigated and we found no evidence that the Astros used buzzers to steal signs. And then we see the video of Jose Altuve hitting a walk-off against the Yankees. Then he says, and, and you told me this, that baseball said that they investigated all the other clubs and they couldn't find anything conclusively. And then we find out today in, a, in an article from the Washington Post that executives from as many as 10 to 12 big league clubs complained to Major League Baseball about the suspicions they had that the Astros were cheating. And baseball did nothing to investigate those allegations until Mike Fires blew the whole thing open with the Ken Rosenthal interview. And then last week he comes out and says, I believe the Wilpons acted in good faith in the negotiations against Steve Cohen. 
how do you believe anything this man says? I, I, I don't believe a, a word that comes out of this guy's mouth now. And Fife is in the chat room along with Cousin David. How you doing, guys? What do you say to that, though? Well, I'm with you. I, listen, he, he doesn't work for us. He doesn't work for the players. He works for oh, the owners. And, and that's who he's trying to appease. So, um, you know, they're, they, he, he's just in a bad light right now all around between the cheating scandal, between everything going on. Um, it's just uh, a pile on Manfred time. I agree. I don't think he's done a great job of handling his situation. There's one more. There's one more that I, and I'm sorry to cut you off. There's one more that I just remembered. He said in that report that the front office and Jeff Lunau knew nothing about what was going on, or it was something to that effect, that they didn't know about it. And then there was that article that came out either last week or two weeks ago that said that an intern, started the whole thing. He called the whole thing um, Code Breaker. Or, that's what it was called, right? Code Breaker? Code Breaking? Yeah, I think that's what I read, yeah. And Lunau knew about it, and he joked about it with them. They all the, knew it. It's all yeah. dirty. It's all terrible. And Manfred can't get away from it fast enough. He's trying. That's why he's throwing out these new rules for baseball. He's trying to get people distracted and on the something else other than this allegation. I don't think it's going to go away until um, the the suspensions and whatever's going to happen with Boston comes down. Um, we're still waiting on that. They said it was going to be, could have been today, could be tomorrow, could be next week. It's coming in the near future. Until that happens, I, I think this is a continual story. Um, I do think that, it, you know, give it a couple of weeks, get into spring training, get past everything and, uh, you know, the storylines will change a little as we get further past this. Those guys will be suspended. They'll be added to limelight. They'll be away from the game. And, you know, I think at that point, that's when things will start to die down. Everything's still too fresh now, and punishments haven't even been levied for Boston. So until that happens, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of stuff leaking out. There's a lot more. I think there's more to be leaked, too. So I think there's more to come with this story. I wouldn't be surprised, and at this point, I don't believe that the Astros and Red Sox are the only teams that did this. I don't. Maybe it was the Yankees. Maybe it was another team. If you believe that article, uh, I told you to look up Jared Carabas from Barstool Sports. I'm not saying I'm, 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 I'm dying on the sword with this one, but if you believe what he said, the Yankees kind of started this whole thing back in 2015 with Beltran on the team that Chris Young was on. And if you look at his statistics, definitely bats that up because Chris Young was a guy who would hit 230 through a season with like 20-something home runs. Dude hit 275 with the Yankees, <laughs> went to Boston the next season at like 283 or something. The numbers back it up. I don't believe that those are the only two teams that did this. I, I don't. So, regardless of what you believe, it's like the steroid guys. You may know you may know the names of some, but you know, listen, you you, you suspected everyone of being guilty. You know what I mean? Unless you heard they were innocent, you, you suspected them of being guilty. It's the same thing here. You know, you, you know you're gonna yeah. You, especially those teams that are scorned, like the Astros fans, 
Yeah, and I'm going to say you too with the Mets. I think that the Beltran thing has you kind of skewed one way a little bit on it. Listen, I'm a Yankee fan, so I'm skewed one way on it as well, I'm sure. Um, yeah, but know, if you remember correctly. Is, but as far as I know and as far as any evidence come out, I'm not going to go on just assumption, assumptions and speculations. There's evidence with Boston. There's evidence with Houston. Until somebody shows me evidence of the Yankees or shows me evidence of other teams, I'm not going to go around accusing them. So that's just where I'm at. That's that's and fair. That, that, if that's you remember, if you remember correctly, though, you say I'm skewed towards the Mets. I flat out said, I said on this show, and then I said to you after the show, I believe the Mets hired Beltran with the full intent of having him put in place a sign stealing thing like the one in Houston. I will fully admit. After everything that came out and all the press conferences that were done, I fully believe they wanted him to do that with the Mets. Fully believe that. So I'll put my own team in there. I got no problem with that one. But I get what you're saying, though. There's, there's no evidence. At this point, it's all theories, conjectures, and rumors and everything. And yes, it is. Tinfoil hat conspiracy theories at this point. But you know something? This is what baseball has opened the door to with this whole thing. And with the fact that every time Manfred says something, two days later, there's a report that comes out that directly contradicts everything he just said. That's what you get when that type of thing happens. You open yourself up to this. So if you don't want that to happen anywhere anytime soon, though, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I get that he he works for the owners. I get that and everything. But you still open yourself up to this when you do things like that. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, of course he opens himself up to criticism. But just being in the role alone is. No, I'm not just talking about. I'm not just talking about criticism. I'm talking about conspiracy theories like this and rumors and conjecture and all this stuff. You open the door to all of it when everything you say gets contradicted by a report two days later. I agree. I listen. You can't trust anything he says. I 100% agree with that. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Um, I want to bring up something Fife put in the chat here. Fife, Fife uh, has not watched, has not tuned in with us for a number of weeks here. So he brings up something from a few weeks ago. Do you remember the comments uh, Deion Sanders made a few weeks ago? Um, basically about, the, I can't remember the exact comments, but it was basically, and you said this too, about the fact that most, a lot of people feel it's more the hall of the very good as opposed to a hall of fame in the NFL. That that yeah. was basic. That was basically the gist of his argument. So Fife says, in regards to Prime Time's comment about the Hall of Fame, why have none of these people taken into consideration that where the extra prestige comes in is that first ballot Hall of Fame title? I think that is really what is supposed to separate the great from the elite. And he apologizes for being late on that one. And you know something? I I can agree with him on that. I think that's the difference. Because I know you and me had different opinions on whether or not Jimmy Johnson was a Hall of Famer. I believed he was a Hall of Famer. He did not get in his first time eligible for the Hall of Fame. 
took him about at least five or six years before he got in. Same thing with Bill Cowher. I think both these guys are worthy of being in the Hall of Fame. I know Fife was talking about the comments that Dion made in reference to Eli Manning. I think it's up for debate whether or not Eli gets in on the first ballot. I can I can agree with him being a Hall of Famer because of those two championships, though. Listen, Please. came up the biggest in the biggest moments. You can't you can't ever deny that. I mean, that's what every great player does or, or is supposed to do. I think that's that's the difference in, in his career as opposed to a career like I'll say Philip Rivers, who might have had some better regular season stats. When it came to the playoffs, did not put up the the numbers in the playoffs that Eli did, and did not lead his team to the wins that Eli did. And I, I think that's the difference there. As far as Jimmy Johnson goes, he shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. Yes, I don't agree championships. with you. Uh, you're, you're putting him in for two championships, and Eli's a, a Hall of Famer on his two championships. And listen, I, Eli. I'm putting him in the Hall of Fame because he completely changed the way trades were made with that Herschel Walker deal. That was a revolutionary trade that basically was the foundation for three championships and a dynasty in the middle of the 90s. It was one of the greatest teams ever assembled, all on the back of a trade that had never been thought to do before Jimmy Johnson came along. Listen, that's all well and good, but if you look at the amount of years he coached for, if you look at his overall record, if you look at what he did outside of those very few years in Dallas, the rest of his career does not match up to that of a Hall of Famer. Now, Bill Cowers, I dis- I, I agree with. I think he was a Hall of Famer. He had a title. He had been in the playoffs 10 out of 15 years. He, he he had the longevity. He had everything. I think like we established, Jimmy Johnson only coached for nine seasons. And out of that, I mean, I think he was a little over 500. Really yeah, but we said again, we said again. Outside of a we, couple of years. So I, I, yeah, but I just don't we said again, you're counting the one in 15 season. You, we already said you take that out of it. He's over 10 games over 500. For I'm not career. taking it out. That's part of his record. But he was that he did when he actually was able to put the team together that he wanted to put together after that season. I think it's very difficult to count that season in the context of everything he did after he was finally able to mold the team the way he wanted to. He had no talent on that team. Regardless, it counts. He coached it. If he coached it, it goes on his resume. That's what and, happens. And, and he has a very short resume at that. Even if you take that one yeah, year but out, it's, resume it's even shorter. It's only eight years. It's not about length. It's about what you do with it. I know. I know. That's what your girl said. Yes, I got it. I got it. Thank you. Thank you. I know. I know. But still, it's the fact. That's the facts, though. Sandy Colfax, baseball. I don't even think he cracked 200 wins. He had a very short career. You don't question the impact he had, though. It's not always about the length of the career. Um, I disagree. I think I think Jimmy Johnson had a bigger impact as a broadcaster than he did after those two years with the Cowboys. Now, if you're telling me you're putting him in solely for those couple of years he had with the Cowboys, I, and I the trade, pay, I get it. If you're Don't leave out me the you're trade. Don't leave out the trade for the longevity of his career and for what he did over the course of his career. I'm going to tell you what doesn't merit it. Does he deserve to be in there for being a broadcaster for the last 20 years? Absolutely. Does he deserve it for probably a bunch of other reasons? Sure. But does he deserve it for his merit of being a head coach in the NFL? I'm not 100% sure. 
you don't even talk about that trade when you talk about the argument. You can't just sidestep that one. You don't really think much about that trade, do you? Uh, again, it's it was a good trade. Yes, it, it was it, it, did it revolutionized revolutionized trades. Revolutionized it. How many draft pick trades like that happened before the Herschel Walker trade that you can remember? Because I know I can't remember any. Sure, there were. I haven't gone back in the history books to find out, but I also haven't, you know, gone back and looked either. All I'm saying is, record wise, whatever. So you're putting him in on two championships in a trade. I, I that, that's okay. That's that's your prerogative. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have put him in. Anyway, Fife also says in reference to Eli. It's more than the two championships. What happened to guys like Manningham post-Eli? He made players around him. Cousin David brings up the 1983 Eli tra- uh, Elway trade in reference to what I'm saying, and that's, that's not the same thing because the Colts got Chris Hinton, who was taken with the number four pick in that draft, one future first-round draft pick, and I believe another player. So that's not even close to what that Herschel Walker trade was. That was a trade the Colts made just to try to save face. And, of course, they had another 20 losing seasons after that. So it's not exactly like they accomplished what they wanted on that one. But also, another point on Eli. If you go back to Eli, and the reason Eli is a champion, outside and a Hall of Famer, outside of Michael Strahan, which he was only there for one of the championships, name one other Hall of Famer Eli has played with. Listen, I'm not arguing with you that no, Eli's a Hall of Famer. No, no you're right. You're one. right. Maybe there isn't. one. Give there me isn't. one. There isn't. There isn't. You know there isn't. I agree with you. There so isn't. He won two championships with zero other Hall of Fame talent around him. I'm not arguing that with you. That right on there that. speaks to Fife's point of Eli making the players around him better. Again, not arguing with you that Eli is a Hall of Famer. I don't think he's getting in on the first ballot, though, if I had to guess. And I think why, that's though? because... Would you put him on your ballot? Would you put him on your ballot? I might. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not 100% on it. I would probably lean towards yes. I'd have to think on that, though. But if, if you let me finish, I think the reason why he won't make the Hall of Fame on the first ballot, I think he gets in the second or third time. I really do. Because, unfortunately, because the Giants organization really did nothing to help him out, my cousin's saying Chris Snee. I don't think Chris Snee is a Hall of Famer. I really don't. David Deal, that offensive line, I I don't think there's a Hall of Famer on that offensive line. I think the offensive line probably has the best shot of being uh, having Hall of Fame candidates out of it when you look at the rest of that roster. but unfortunately, because the Giants organization did such a terrible job of putting talent around him during the later years of his career, Eli finished his career as a 500 quarterback in the regular season. And I get it. I get it. It's not what you did in the regular season. It's what you did in the postseason that should count for Eli. Yes, I agree with you. It's also but his Iron Man streak. It's also I, – I, I agree. I agree. I think the regular season is going to factor in to voters' decision whether or not to make He's him a first ballot Hall of Famer. in passing yards, all time. Seven. You're not, yeah, again, 
you're not saying this to someone who's disagreeing with you, Eric. I, I, but again, you're telling me his regular season, his regular season, well, his regular season stats weren't bad. Even though the team might not have been great, his stats weren't terrible. His stats weren't bad. I, again, I said I would lean towards putting him in. I don't think he's going to get – I just don't think they're going to put him in on the first ballot because of that. I just don't. I think he yeah. should. I think there's a very realistic chance he who don't get in on the first ballot. Five other guys that retired this year that that deserve it over him. That retired this year? Who else yeah, retired this? Who else retired this? That's year? what I'm saying. Who else oh. is going to deserve it more than him? Who else are you voting for? That's what yeah, I'm saying. Was, is you're telling me? Who oh, else I don't think he's a first ballot. Who well, else? What gonna, ballot are you filling out? Who else is going to? Here's what I want to know. Who, who else is going to be on that ballot who wasn't voted in the previous years, though? Because those guys. That's what I'm were, saying so. Those guys that haven't gotten in yet, you think are better than uh, and deserve to get in more than Eli deserves to get in. I know you don't have that list in front of you. I don't have that list in front of me. I would need to see the list. I'd need to see I think the list. Delusional. I don't think I'm the only one who thinks he's not going to get in on the first ballot. That's all I'm saying. And again, if it was me, I probably would vote him in. I probably would. It ain't up to me, though. It's it's not. It's not. Um, no one retired this year. Yeah, thank you, cousin. Dave. Thank you, cousin. Dave. Um, I feel like there was something else I wanted to say, but you made me lose track. Oh, I'll Let's tell you this. Uh, wait, no, Tom Brady let me, and Drew Brees all just well, let me, all let, quits. Let me. And um, even Philip Rivers wouldn't get in before Eli. Yeah, that's fair. But um, I'll tell you this though. You may disagree with me on this one, but I think this is a a pretty good bet here. If you take the regular season of Tony Romo and the postseasons of Eli Manning, you got a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'll just take all of Eli. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm going to stick with what I said, though. Speaking of Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers, Phillip Rivers is not going to be playing for the Los Angeles Chargers next year. That was announced yesterday. Not a shock. I don't know. I'm a little surprised by it, truthfully, just because I don't... weeks ago. Yeah, but it was made official yesterday. I really didn't think it was going to wind up happening because... I'm sorry. Tyrod Taylor... At this point, I don't look at it as a starting quarterback anymore. So I don't really know where the Chargers go from here, truthfully. The draft slash Tom Brady. They're, they're going to throw their hat in the ring. I think Tom Brady – I think everything with Tom Brady is much to do about nothing. I think he goes back to the Patriots. He might. Listen, he might. But, again, I, I think that there's opportunities out there. You know, I've even heard Dallas kicked around. Yeah. They don't want to re-sign Dak. Sign, sign Brady for two years and then see what happens. Um, they'd probably go to, you know, NFC favorites almost or, you know, right near the top up there with, with San Fran and, and Green Bay and New Orleans if that were to happen. Um, you got the Chargers. You got the Raiders. I mean, the, uh, Tennessee's been kicked around because of Rabel's name. Uh, there, there's some landing spots for Brady if he wants to take his CB12 <laughs> somewhere else. Um uh, we'll see what happens there, but I, I think it's going to be an interesting offseason quarterback-wise around the league. Oh, yeah. Mariota is a free agent. Winston's a free agent. Tannehill. Um, 
Tannehill, if I'm not mistaken, is Cam Newton or is Newton not? I, ju- I don't know if he's a free agent or if they're going to release him. I don't okay. know that one truthfully, but there is I mean, a shot. It's, it's a there is a shot he gets released out there. There's there there's a bunch of good quarterbacks in this draft. You have Burrow, Tua, um, you have Herbert. Yeah, I mean, so there there are some good quarterbacks in this class that are probably going to be quarterbacks that are, uh, you know, franchise type quarterbacks. And um, I think it'll be interesting to see where everything shakes out. I think this is actually one of the more interesting off-season slash drafts that, that, that I've seen in a while because of mm. the, the amount of movement of possible franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, I agree with that. And just to throw up what's going on in the chat here, Fife is saying I'd like to see Brady in Tennessee. Mariota is a backup at best. I don't think Mariota is back with Tennessee next year. So I think that would be an interesting dynamic, though. Brady playing for Mike Vrabel, his former teammate. That'd be interesting. And then Cousin David is asking if the if you think the Chargers would move up in the draft to get Tua or Herbert. Who's Herbert, by the way? Uh, Justin Herbert. He's out of Oregon. He probably, if he would have came out last year, he probably would have been a top five pick. Mm. Uh, he came out this year. He decided to stay a year and play with his brother. Because of the story that came out, he, that's the reason he decided to stay, is he wanted to play a year with his brother. Gotcha. Um, and uh, I think it actually hurt him a little in the draft. He's still going to be a high draft pick, but um, he's probably he's behind Tua and he's behind Burrow on the list. So. And supposedly, from what I heard from Francesca saying earlier, Tua is healthy. He's healed. Yeah, yeah. He got he got a, a good uh, doctor's report the other day that said that he's as good as he could be at this point in his recovery. So um, I do know that I don't think he's going to the combine, but I do believe he is going to work out for some NFL teams um, once he does get that that bill of health where he can start to throw and run again. Now, I feel like I know your answer to this question. Giants, what, the Giants have the sixth pick in the draft? Four, I believe. Four. And the guy you guys want, is that defensive end Chase Young, I think, right, who's probably going to go ahead of him? He, he's going number two. Okay. So if you're the Giants, you trade down, get some extra uh, draft picks? I probably would because we have too many holes and you can get a team that's got mm-hmm. probably two first-round picks to jump up. Yeah. Um, I would probably make that move because, again, if – I have no idea why we won that game late in, late in the year against Washington, but that that really hurt us because that took us out of the Chase Young <laughs> stock. Um, so at this point, we need linebackers, we need defensive line, we need we need everything. We need offensive line. We need we need help. So stockpile a couple first round draft picks. Let somebody else move up to either grab Herbert or Tua. Let them do it. Uh, I think it would probably be worth it. But, again, it would depend on where those picks fall probably in the first and where you want to go. Otherwise, if I'm the Giants, I'm probably looking at – I know they're looking at, I think, the linebacker Simmons from, from Clemson, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, also, if I, if I was them, the, the player I'd be looking at would be Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama. That kid's a playmaker. He's going to be making some big plays on Sundays uh, next season. So, um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's 
there's definitely some moves to be made if you're if you're the Giants and you know whether they decide to keep it or trade it. I just hope they do something smart with it. Yeah, uh, I mean we. <clears throat> I feel like we said this last year, too, and you said it right off the jump. When you're a team like the Giants who have as many holes as you guys do, it makes sense to at least consider trading down. You know, you got a team like the Dolphins with all those first-round draft picks, but none of them really – I think they're, what, the seventh The seventh pick is their first pick? Am I right on that? Um, maybe. I'm not sure. Hmm. But when you have that, you go to a team like that and see if they're willing to give you a couple first-round draft picks for that pick, stockpile a little bit, and add some depth in there. I, I think that's a smart play. I don't trust Gettleman, though. And uh, Cousin David is saying the Dolphins have the five pick, and then they have two more picks on top of that. So maybe maybe you don't get the five, but maybe you get the two later first-round draft picks. I know the, the, the pick they got from the Steelers is in the teens, and I think they got the uh, – not the Bengals. I can't remember what team gave them uh, the other first-round draft pick. But, uh, yeah, it would make sense to do something like that. But Gettleman ain't exactly big on sense, in my opinion, so we'll see what happens there. All right, so you got to get going. And we'll get out of here anyway. Uh, let me ask you something. I don't know how big you are into Oscar movies. Did you see that movie Parasite, that one best picture? I did not see Parasite. It's worth I seeing. It's good. I have not seen it. I'm going to be honest. Like I, I saw the movie. I liked it. I didn't like it as much as everybody else did. I think it's definitely worth seeing one time. I thought Ford vs. Ferrari should, should have gotten more love, though. I think I told you this. Ford vs. Ferrari, excellent movie. Dolomite is my name. Should have been nom- nominated for something. And I love the fact that Brad Pitt won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. I thought that was fantastic. Um, yeah, I didn't mind Pitt winning for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, I, I definitely think Joaquin Phoenix deserved... Um, you know, best actor for, for his role in Joker. That movie to me still is it's one that's unsettling, disturbing. Like when I, uh, he was, he was phenomenal. He time. was phenomenal. Um, I don't always agree with his worldviews, political views, everything else that he, that he spews, but the guy is a phenomenal actor. And, and I think 100% deserves the award and accolades that he gets. Um, I had, I really didn't have a problem with the awards they gave out other than, I mean, I don't know, I would have picked Parasite in my opinion, but I didn't see it. So again, to have an opinion on a movie I didn't see is hard. Um, uh, the 1917, from what everybody says, is is a stunning film to watch. It was a, it was a, it was a very good movie. I will say that this is the first year I can remember where I can honestly say I saw every movie nominated for Best Picture, and I actually right. I I did like 1917. I even saw Little Women, and I got to be honest, I actually like that movie. I've never seen any of the other iterations. I've never read the book or anything like that, but. Uh, I really liked that movie. I had a good time with that. The, the, the woman who directed that movie, Greta Gerwig, she did the movie Lady Bird a couple years ago. She's a really good director. I'll say that. Any movie she makes is worth seeing. Those are the only two movies she's made, but they both were good. All right. Yep. Well, I'll take, your, I'll take your opinion for it. But, yeah, no, I'm uh, 
again, I, I I watched some of the Oscars, didn't catch it all, did, you know, caught the recap later on. Um, you know, I caught it for the big awards towards the end of the night just to check in and see what happened. But, yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with the winners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, nah, for the most part. I think Scarlett Johansson deserved uh, Best Supporting Actor for Jojo Rabbit. Laura Dern in Marriage Story, she played a really good bitch. I'll, I'll say that. I'll say that. Um, so we got about two minutes left here. Eric Tressler, thank you for joining me tonight, my friend. Any last words? No, just uh, I'm up for baseball now. You got college basketball. We're going to start getting into March Madness before you know, a couple weeks before conference tournaments and and. And the madness begins, so it might be time to maybe start boning up on some college basketball. Um, also, you know, hockey out there with Fife in the chat. Fife, if you're still here with us, we'd love to get you on a future show in the next couple of weeks to talk some hockey with us. We have not talked enough hockey on this show. I've been saying it to the guys for a couple of weeks now, and uh, we need to make it happen, um, too, I guess more into basketball i guess a little bit you got all-star weekend this weekend i don't have a lot invested in that i kind of like the skills no. competition so i'll probably check that out but uh yeah other than that until next week stay sweaty stay sweaty my friend i think at some point i will maybe let you dave and fife have a little hockey talk in there because we all know that's not particularly my bag but i definitely let you guys go for a little bit on that but that's going to do it for us here tonight. Eric, thank you very much. You stay sweaty as always. I am Mike Aglioloro. Thank you, everybody, for listening, whether it's Cousin David and Fife in the chat, everybody listening on all our podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify Stitcher, Stitcher, TuneIn, all that. Thank you all for listening. We will see you all next week.